Welcome to the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast, a free resource for gymnast parents and coaches to learn to fuel the gymnast for optimal performance and longevity in the sport. I'm your host, Christina Anderson, and I'm a pediatric and adolescent registered dietitian, sports nutritionist, a former gymnast, a current nationally rated gymnastics judge, and a wife plus dog mom. I help gymnasts and their parents learn to fuel without the stress or overwhelm so that they can reach their big goals and dreams both in and out of the sport. We want to help parents take a proactive approach to nutrition, and to do so, this podcast is all about hashtag real talk, where we tackle tough subjects about nutrition, body image, and more in the sport of gymnastics. All right, let's dive in. You're listening to episode 25 of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast. Hello and welcome back. Um, as I'm recording this podcast, it is mid-December and many, many gymnasts have had their first competitions of the year. Um, for some clubs, this is just a mock meet. For others, it's an in-house sanctioned meet with judges so they can still get scores and feedbacks. Um, and for others, they are actually competing in legit meets. Um, I can say this weekend, I have had several clients competing across the U.S. Um, for many of them, this is their first official competition of the season and really the time to see how well summer training went and how well preseason went. And yes, while many of them um, aren't quite where they need to be yet, and it is still very early in the season, um, this is actually one of my favorite times of year because for most of our clients who we've been working with for you know three, four, five plus months, they are seeing the rewards from their efforts with nutrition. Um, It's so fun to see them um, realize the power of nutrition and how much easier putting full routines together can be, um, how much better their body can feel, and honestly, how much more confident they are with their nutrition. I actually got an email from a parent the other day um, where her level eight gymnast was able to make it through a whole beam routine. She didn't fall. And she was like, wow, mom, I actually feel like nutrition is working. Like it's actually helping to calm me down as well as um, help my performance. And so for me, that is a huge win in my book. It's not just about helping gymnasts reach their goals and and score their best, but also feel good in their bodies, especially as they get older. Um, I find that the more I work with like level 10, multi-year level 10 gymnasts, elite gymnasts, even college gymnasts, you know, they have the skills, they have the abilities. It's more so number one, keeping them healthy, but number two, keeping them happy because so many of them will get to their big goal and dream. Like they'll get that college scholarship. They'll go off to college, but they're so tired and they're so burnt out and dragging themselves into the gym each day just feels like a chore. And that's not good, right? Especially if you've just committed to a college and you have to compete for four more years, like those college coaches want you coming into their university, super happy and hyped up and ready to go and be a contributing member to the team, not just barely hanging on by a thread because of years and years of overtraining and underfueling and all sorts of other pressures that um, we certainly can talk about in another episode. But today I want to talk about probably the four biggest mistakes I see gymnasts make with their competition season nutrition. And the reason I want to talk about this right now is because it's December, right? Like we still have, you know, three-ish months or so, almost even four until state meets. And then we're even further out from regionals and nationals. And gymnastics is really about keeping the long game in mind and making sure that what we're doing right now is really paving the foundation for where we want to be in March, April, or May of next year. So without further ado, mistake number one 
is not eating breakfast. And that's not just on competition day, but that is day in, day out, as well as not eating breakfast or not eating something before the day, you know, the competition before your 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 competition time, so to speak. So um, if you want to take a deep dive into this, definitely go back and listen to episode nine uh, titled How to Get Your Gym to Eat Breakfast. But there's several main reasons why breakfast is so important. And, you know, I used to tell clients, like when I worked in um, endocrinology, when I worked in the clinic, when I worked in pediatric nutrition, um, I would tell parents and, and kids, I'd be like, look, you know, I get if you don't like breakfast, if you're not having issues, you know, if you're not overeating later in the day because you're so ravenous from skipping breakfast, if you feel like you have good energy, if you're able to focus in school, you know, X, Y, Z, then whatever. Like, it's not my job to be the food police and make you eat nutrition. And while I'm not the food police, I've changed my stance on this a little bit specifically for the gymnasts I work with because there's just a whole lot more at stake for them. I mean, number one, breakfast is crucial to break the fast and give the body the building blocks it needs to continue ongoing repair and recovery from the night before, like especially muscle protein synthesis or the process of repairing and building muscles. You know, if your gymnast trains in the evening and then she sleeps all night and then she skips breakfast and her first meal isn't till 11 or 12 the next day, she's going potentially 12 to 14 plus hours without additional nutrition And it is 100% accurate to say that when she wakes up or he wakes up, her body is in a deficit. She's in a protein deficit. She's in a caloric deficit. And while her body will try to continue repair and recovery from the day before, it's not going to have what it needs. And if you've listened to our other episodes, um, especially our our last episode about um, injury nutrition, there's three things that have to happen for gymnasts to really get the most out of their training. We have to have enough nutrition to repair and recover as well as adapt or get better, stronger, and faster from our training. So if we're not getting enough nutrition to even support repair and recovery, you can throw adaptation out the window. And, and that's not to say they won't get better from their training. I mean, they will to some degree, but they're not really maximizing their full potential or reaping the most benefit from their effort in the gym. Number two reason is brain fuel, right? Like your brain needs fuel. Your brain alone uses 130 grams of carbohydrate a day by itself. And we have a lot of research that will show that focus and concentration in school in children and teens is impaired when they skip breakfast. I would also argue that mood and emotion regulation will be impaired when the brain is underfueled, which makes sense, right? If the brain doesn't have enough nutrition to to really keep itself alive and to help the heartbeat and the lungs breathe and, you know, really fuel the most fundamental processes in the body. It's not going to waste calories trying to help you regulate your mood. And while I think oftentimes we will write off children and teens, you know, mood issues as hormonal or they're just being difficult or whatever, while hundred percent that could be part of the case, I would say nine times out of 10, they're often just underfueled and their poor brains just don't have the fuel that they really need to truly regulate their mood and emotion. Uh, probably number three would be school focus. And I remember as a high-level gymnast being underfueled, I slept every single day in US and world history. Um, not just because I was tired from training, but because I was not eating enough to fuel my body. And so my brain was literally like, um, okay, we're going on low power mode. And it's actually quite impressive when I work with gymnasts and they're not eating and then they start fueling their bodies. Not only do they report improvements in their performance and their recovery, but also in school, which improvements in school 
mean better grades, which are certainly important for recruiting as well as just general life outside the sport uh, for most of us, but also more efficiency at doing our schoolwork. And when I talk to gymnasts about sleep and making sure they're getting enough sleep, because that's really where all the magic happens in terms of repair and recovery and kind of hormonal resetting, um, most of them, it seems logistically impossible for them to get maybe more than seven hours of sleep a night. But I would really argue they're probably being inefficient with their schoolwork. And if you ask them like, gosh, how long does it take you to do your math homework? And they're like, oh yeah, it takes forever, especially after training, I'm tired and it just, I have a hard time focusing. And then of course I'm like constantly distracted by TikTok and Snapchat on my cell phone, which that's a whole nother issue that we can talk about in a separate podcast. And I, I do know I've addressed it before, but more importantly, it's helping your gymnast make that connection between if I fuel my body better and more consistently, I will have better energy and focus and brain power to get the stuff done that I need to get done so that I can have more time for my friends or to enjoy being on social media um, and also, you know, improve my schoolwork um, and all the benefits that come from that. The other really interesting aspect of breakfast and breakfast skipping is it leads to increased cortisol, which cortisol is a stress hormone. Um, we have kind of two different nervous systems. We've got the autonomic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. Autonomic is kind of your, your fight or flight. And then parasympathetic is the rest and digest. And while both of those are important, um, they need to be in balance and starting the day with breakfast is not only really important to entrain circadian rhythms or kind of tell your body like, Hey, this is, this is the clock that we're on, but it's also very important for nervous system regulation and to help calm the body down and help it realize like, Hey, we're okay. We're not in danger. We're not in a famine, no need to produce excessive amounts of stress hormone. Like everything is under control. Um, and with cortisol, that is a link to blood sugar regulation. And so um, when you don't eat breakfast, your body will continue to produce stress hormone until it gets you know, stored carbohydrate from the liver um, and it, it breaks it down into glucose. Um, and while this is great in terms of it keeps you alive and keeps your blood sugar stable, it's not great in the sense of we don't want to be stealing from our carbohydrate reserves when those are what gymnasts are going to use during training. So Breakfast is really important for nervous system regulation, um, also preventing things like headaches and migraines or even nausea from blood sugar imbalance. Really, really important, especially if your gymnast just hasn't been feeling her best. Now, on the topic of pre-competition breakfast, um, this is a big area where I see gymnasts blow it, right? Even if they've been working with us and they're nailing their nutrition, they're starting to eat breakfast again, they're fueling their workouts, everything is going super well if we don't talk about it and if we don't practice and if we don't have a plan going into that competition, nine times out of 10, the day of the meet, they'll revert back to their old habits because of nerves and because of stress and they will skip breakfast and then they will implode at the competition. And I'll tell you, I watched it happen at nationals last year. I got to go and see a bunch of clients in person and meet with their parents, which was awesome since we're a hundred percent virtual practice. Um, and I knew which gymnasts, you know, tended to struggle with breakfast more than others. Um, and even sitting with their parents in the stand, you know, I watched a couple of them not perform as well as they had all season and as well as they know they could. 
And their parents, you know, before I even asked, the parent would say, oh, I tried to get her to eat breakfast this morning and she was too nervous and she wouldn't eat it. And and you could literally tell, like, we were wiping out on floor passes. We were falling on beam. We were landing short on vault. Um, and even if it's, you know, the first um, session of the day where you're like, ah, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It, it is. Fueling the body and fueling the brain before competition is a huge deal, not just from a nervous system regulation perspective, but from a fueling perspective. Because again, you know, overnight the body is fasting, it's going to run out of dinner at some point. And if we don't refuel your body, it doesn't matter what time the competition is, your body won't have the fuel it needs to pull from while you're trying to do all of this crazy high level gymnastics. And I think a lot of gymnasts think that breakfast isn't as important on a competition day because a competition is shorter and less intense than like a normal, you know, three and a half, four to five hour practice, but it still is just as important, especially when a lot of gymnasts are nervous anyways. So we are probably not eating as much at the meals and snacks leading up to the competition. So even more reason to not skip, you know, one of your foundational meals that day. So there's a lot to work on, you know, between now and when season starts. And I would argue that you need to, you need to train the body. You need to train the stomach to accept food when you're nervous. There are all sorts of things that we can employ to help gymnasts with this. Um, this is something that I teach in our fueling for competition season workshop, which is a bonus that our VIP program members get. Um, and so it's definitely something that you want to look into if you want more support around this. The next biggest mistake that I see gymnasts make with competition nutrition is trying to lose weight or lean out or look slim to quote score better. And I have so many thoughts around this. Um, If you don't know, I am a nationally rated developmental program judge. I also judge at the collegiate level. Um, This is my 14 years of judging gymnastics. And I can assure you that there is not a single deduction out there that has to do with a gymnast body fat, body composition, aesthetic, like it's not there. You know, any deduction related to the body would be things like pointed toes and straight legs and legs together. Like that has nothing to do with your gymnast having visible abs or, or, you know, chiseled obliques or whatever. Like that's just not, it's not in the code of points. Um, a lot of gymnasts, feel the pressure though, to look a certain way. And very often the adolescent brain will think, you know, if I just look a certain way, I will score better. I will perform better. I will feel better. Everything will feel more in control. And so oftentimes at the start of the season, especially when they get, you know, a brand new, pretty shiny, sparkly competition leotard, they will start to do weird stuff with their nutrition. This is not the time to work on body composition. That is something to work on in the off season, which I have a lot of thoughts there that we will save for a previous episode. But the bottom line is during season, that is not the time to try and cut back on your nutrition. We need to be fueling the workouts. We need to be fueling the recovery. If your gymnast is in a caloric deficit, if she is not eating enough, she will not be getting enough nutrition to support ongoing repair and recovery. And this is a big reason why so many gymnasts end up injured sometime in the middle of season, and it can either blow their season or just totally throw them off their trajectory. So it is essential during season before season that we're making sure a gymnast is getting enough nutrition, 
not just to support, you know, proper fueling and adaptation to training, but also to prevent serious health consequences that we would describe as red S or relative energy deficiency in sport. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to episode number four. It is one of our most listened to episodes where I tell you all about underfueling and the negative effects on health and performance. And what I talk about in that episode, and I'm going to refresh you on it right now because it's so important. What we know from starvation research studies and underfueling and working with athletes is that long-term underfueling will actually lead to negative body composition adaptations. It will lead to increased fat mass, decreased muscle mass, and decreased bone density. And those are like the three complete opposite things that we want for a high-level gymnast. And yet I see it every day in my practice because I have these teenage gymnasts that, you know, by looking at other athletes, by reading things, by things their parents tell them, their coaches tell them, social media, they get it in their head that they have to cut their nutrition to look a certain way. And it actually will often backfire in a big, big way. For me, a a red flag of, you know, abnormal nutrition is when a gymnast is unable to fuel their workouts and to use nutrition to gain that edge over their competition. And this is one of my favorite stories that I think perfectly illustrates what I'm talking about. Um, many of you, you know, know what triathlons are, right? It's it's biking, it's swimming, it's running, um, it's it's crazy, you know, hours and hours and hours of endurance um, sport. And there's one um, Ironman triathlon called called Kona, right? And it's a big deal. And what's really interesting is they've done research on the triathlon triathletes who compete at Kona and those who compete the fastest, which that's the goal is to finish all three phases, the fastest, those individuals consume up to 120 grams of carbohydrate per hour. And to put that in perspective, general sports nutrition recommendations for carbohydrates per hour is about 30 to 60 grams. And we typically say that the the gut or your intestines can probably only handle, you know, 60 to 75 grams at a time, you know, until it's just like fully saturated and you would have probably major GI distress and malabsorption if you tried to eat more than that. Yet we know from not just anecdotal reports, but also kind of more recent research studies that there are elite level professional athletes who have trained their guts, literally trained their intestines to accept 120 grams of carbohydrate an hour. And they see a commensurate performance improvement with that. The only way that these individuals know that this is possible is because they tried it. They were willing to experiment. They were willing to fail. And I promise you, they weren't sitting around worried about how many extra grams of carbs they were consuming and if that would make them fat or not. Yet, unfortunately, in a sport like gymnastics, in an aesthetic sport where there's a lot of disordered eating, there's a lot of uh, misinformation around food and body, sometimes it feels like an uphill battle trying to convince gymnasts to use performance nutrition because they're more worried about that nutrition and worried that it's excessive and worried that it will make it fat and make them fat or gain weight versus, you know, using it to improve their performance, which the interesting part of all of this is underfueling can actually cause more fat storage and underfueling is also inflammatory right? So it's like, we're all worried about the carbs and the sugar and all these things that an athlete should use for performance nutrition, because it's about the right kind of nutrition at the right time, really focusing on digestion. We're more worried about that when fundamentally under fueling causes more inflammation than the sugar could by itself. So 
for me, I love it when I can help a gymnast see the power of nutrition, help them connect the dots between fueling their bodies and feeling better and performing their best and not being worried about that nutrition. All right. The third biggest mistake that I see gymnasts and parents make with competition nutrition is over-focusing on what I call the advanced strategies. So in our programs, um, you know, in the fifth, the fifth module of six of our course or the fifth live session of our group program, um, I teach that whole time on what I call the advanced strategies of nutrition. So looking at supplements and particular nutrients and protocols that can help kind of get that last two to 3% in terms of not just performance, but enhancing recovery and injury prevention. The problem is if we think about a pyramid the advanced strategies of nutrition are at the top. And most gymnasts and parents are spending their money and they're spending their time and focus on the very top when we're missing the foundational aspects of nutrition that make up the 99%. I will get new clients who are underfueled. They have been injured. They're tired. They're sore. They're not performing their best. And they're on like five to 10 different supplements that again, it's not that they won't help. Some of those could help, especially when they're in the right dose and the right formulation, but no supplement is going to help your gymnast if they're underfueled. So this time of year, I'll see gymnasts put themselves on things like turmeric and echinacea and vitamin C and omega threes and multivitamins and green powders and just all the things. And here's the deal. Number one, supplements are not regulated the same as medications are go back to episode 14 Um, to listen to supplements 101, especially if you have a college or elite gymnast, there are very specific rules about supplements um, and drug testing. And the bottom line is if your gymnast takes a supplement that tests positive um, for a banned substance, they can lose their eligibility and no one cares um, if they didn't know. No one cares if someone else gave it to them, like they're responsible for what they put in their body. So number one, a lot of these supplements that people are buying from, you know, GNC, nutrition stores, Amazon, most of them are horrible quality. They're not regulated. You're not actually getting what you think you're getting. Um, Number two, there is always a risk of banned substances when it is not third-party tested by an approved lab, especially if you have an elite or college athlete. Um, The other issue I see is either, you know, gymnasts will be taking way too much and way too high doses because a lot of these supplements, especially, you know, blends of immune enhancing and bone building, um, they will have a lot of overlap in the nutrients. So if you actually calculate everything, they're often way exceeding kind of the, the upper limit, which then puts us at risk for issues. Um, And then the other part is just, it gives a false sense of security, right? Like we're missing the fundamental big rocks of nutrition yet. We think just because we eat healthy and take all these supplements that we can check the box with nutrition. When, if we really look at what's going on, it's, it's the glaring problem. What I'll leave you with in terms of supplements is you need to test and not guess. And I talk about this in other podcasts. Um, It's very important that high-level gymnasts have their iron and vitamin D levels checked every year, specifically ferritin. Um, The ranges for these labs are very specific to athletes. What you look at on the lab report, um, what is defined as optimal is not necessarily what's optimal for an athlete. And you need to get the lab work done. You need to test before you randomly get a supplement, especially something like iron, it can be harmful and toxic if you are taking iron and you do not need it. 
So do not go to the store and just randomly buy vitamin D and iron for your kid because you heard that it's helpful. Like you need to go to the doctor, get the labs done, and then you need to call me up (laughs) and set up a consult if you don't know what to do with them or if your physician doesn't feel confident in recommending the athlete-specific ranges for repleting those levels if they are insufficient or deficient. The last and biggest mistake that I see parents and gymnasts make and gymnastics clubs, if I'm being honest, is putting off nutrition until summer or the off season. Um, We have a four-part team talk series that we do with clubs across the U.S. and internationally. It goes over so well. It is so comprehensive. And I will also add, it is a steal of a deal. Our pricing is ridiculously low for the value that we deliver and compared to any other way that you can work with us. But that's important to me because if a, a club is going to invest in this for their athletes, I want it to be accessible. Um, but right now is the time of year where team talks die down. And I understand, right? People are busy, you know, we're competing, we're putting routines together, but why wait one more season to help your gymnasts and parents have information that could literally change the trajectory of their season? I mean, when gymnasts start to eat enough and implement performance nutrition, they will see results in the first week or two. I see it all the time. My one-on-one clients, I see all the time in our program members and our course members. Why withhold that information for another season where it could be the difference of helping your gymnast perform their best versus not keeping them healthy versus not, or enhancing their recovery so that they could possibly compete some of this season instead of it being totally written off because of injury. And this isn't just applicable to gymnastics clubs, but also individuals, right? Why wait? one more season when you could be learning things that could not just help you in the gym, but help your recovery, help you in school, because nutrition is really the foundation of everything you do. Most gymnasts are walking around what I call unintentionally underfueled, where they think they're eating enough, parents think they're eating enough, but they're really not if we look at what they're taking in versus what they need. And while they may be currently healthy and not injured, there are bad things that are kind of bubbling underneath the surface. And at some point an injury will pop up, not just because of an accident or because it was random, but because of years and years and years of underfueling. Um, definitely go back and listen to episode 24 of the podcast. I talk a lot about this in reference to injuries. Um, and, and the bottom line is we want to be proactive versus reactive. And unfortunately, you know, nutrition doesn't get enough lip service in the sport. It has not been, um, kind of respected in the sport. There's still a lot of myths and misinformation around it. So most of the time, especially for our one-on-one clients or upper level gymnasts, they never even think about nutrition until there's a problem. And it's usually not the first problem. It's usually like the second or third or fourth major injury to where at some point, they're lucky enough to come across a doctor or physical therapist who does know about nutrition. And they'll say, Hey, you know what? We probably should go get your nutrition evaluated. Like this is, this is not normal that, you know, your fracture is not healing, or this is not normal that you're 16 and still haven't had a period. Um, I I wish more providers were educated on this topic, but they're not. And unfortunately there are hundreds of thousands of athletes every day that, you know, go through our healthcare system with injuries and mental health issues that are very much related to underfueling that no one even um, informs them about. So let's be proactive this season before the season starts, before your gymnast is hurt, before they're struggling, before there's a problem. Let's help them learn how to fuel. Because the other part of that is it's not just about working on nutrition when you're hurt or injured or have a problem. 
But most gymnasts have a whole nother level of untapped potential that they have no idea exists because they've never fueled for it, right? You don't know how much better you could feel until you actually do something different. The other thing about not waiting until summer or off season is that nutrition is an insurance policy, right? Making sure your gymnast is adequately fueled is the number one most protective thing that you can do to help her stay healthy. And gymnastics is about the long game. I know a lot of you who listen to this podcast, you have gymnasts who are trying to get a college scholarship. They're maybe trying to qualify for elite to then better their chances of a college scholarship, or maybe even make it to the Olympics. And those goals happen at 18, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19 plus years old. And even if you do commit to a college, you then have to compete for four more years, you know, when you graduate high school. So no one cares if your kid's a level 10 at 12, if they're too broken by 14 or 15 to actually realize their goals and be recruited. And not that that's the end all be all, you know, some people just do the sport because they love it. They don't want to go to college. They're just enjoying themselves. And it still applies for you too, right? Why wouldn't you want to feel good in your body and give yourself the best chance possible to really realize your highest potential? So with that, I just want to leave you these four mistakes that I I see gymnasts and parents make each season again and again and again. And I would encourage you to do something different, you know, make your own mistakes, right? Like watch what other mistakes people make, vow not to do those. And then if you're going to make a mistake, at least make something different. If you want to learn more, I'd encourage you to grab our free guide the top five do's and don'ts of gymnast nutrition. You can grab that in the show notes. Um, and then we're currently enrolling for uh, the balanced gymnast VIP program. This is our three month group coaching program for level five, six through 10 gymnasts and parents where I teach you everything you need to know about fueling your gymnasts, preventing injuries, helping injuries recover faster, monitoring labs and growth and development and everything you need to help keep your gymnasts healthy and help them reach their big goals and dreams. So if you're interested shoot me a message um, on Instagram, you can DM me VIP for more information, um, or you can head to the show notes for a link to check it out. So with that, I hope this is helpful. Um, give me your feedback. We love for you guys to leave ratings and reviews that helps our podcast to be spread to other gymnast parents and coaches and and spread the good news about using nutrition to make a difference in your gymnast life, not just in the sport, but beyond the sport. Um, and I'd be super grateful if you could leave us a five-star review and um, some feedback of why this podcast has benefited you and your gymnast. So with that, bye for now, and I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast sponsored by the Balanced Gymnast Method course. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on any episodes. You can find any links that we mentioned in the show notes of the episode and also how you can work with us. If you're looking to learn to fuel your gymnast for optimal performance without the stress or overwhelm, feel free to email us. If you have any questions, you can reach us at support at christinaandersonrdn.com, share what's going on and we'll get back to you. Or you can learn more about our programs by going to our website, christinaandersonrdn.com slash work with us. Bye for now.